What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to the Overcoming You podcast. I am so pumped and excited you are here. I am your host, Josh Canuti. Thank you for tuning in. It's a great day to have a great day. We're going to start this week off right. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for stopping in. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're returning, welcome back. And to the both of you, if you could do me a massive favor, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. It is simply the best way to help support the podcast, but not only help support the podcast, when you do that, it ups us in that algorithm so more people can find us and more people can find us and more people can help overcome life challenges. Listen to the podcast like this awesome one that I got today. I'm so excited, so pumped for you to listen. Let's get into it. My guest today is Stefano Stefandos. He's actually an Australian mate. He's actually the husband to Christine Hessler, who I had on just a few weeks ago. And together, they are a power couple of helping individuals and couples overcome a whole slew and array of life's challenges. Christine helps women through all of their life's challenges and helps them overcome. And together, they cancel couples through intimacy issues and everything, all the ups and downs that couples go through. And I got to talk with Steph today, and he has a really cool dichotomy of knowledge inside of him. He's got kind of a foothold in the solid science, the psychiatry, psychology, but then also what I call the soft science. So meditation, breath work, and he combines them just beautifully. And we talk through a whole slew of different things, talk about um, masculinity and how to be a man, but still be vulnerable and not be vulnerable like like in a negative way, but be vulnerable in a in a masculine way. We talk about through couples issues. We talk about stuff in my life, talk about stuff in his life. And he's just an awesome, awesome human being. He's got a heart of service. And I think you're gonna get a lot out of this podcast. So please welcome my friend Stephanos. Stephanos, my man, I was able to talk to your wife. Now I get to talk to you. So, Steph, you are the husband, the better half, worse half, equal half, however you look at it, <laughs> Hessler, and she recommended you to, to me, so I'm stoked to have you, so I really do appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm the whole half. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, for people that are not on my Patreon page, I'm going to put the video version on Patreon, but for people listening, uh, normally I like to become friends with the people that I have on my podcast, but between you and Christine... I, we can't be friends because you two are too good looking. It's I, my wife and I, we can't stand next to you. I don't know what you guys are doing. You guys are some GQ magazine or whatnot, and, uh, <laughs> but you two look like you're Adonis and a, and a goddess. So it's, uh, bro, I appreciate you making me blush now. I appreciate your kindness. <laughs> and one last thing. So you're from Australia and I wanted yes. one to, before we get into the deep stuff and kind of fun stuff, what is going on with Australians? I have never met a mean jerk and asshole of Australian. All of you people are so awesome and so nice. And considering how that whole country started, you know, yeah. they shipped all the prisoners over there, you know? And so I don't know what's in the water, but you guys are just the nicest people. I've never met a mean, and I mean that sincerely. I've never met like a mean jerk uh, Australian. So I just love, love you people. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it, man. You know, honestly, Australian culture for, I won't say most part, but for some of the part, it's a really laid back culture, uh, very inquisitive, like to travel, get out and explore the world. Um, and there are pockets of Australia, man, that are really culturally behind a very discriminative, compartmentalized and judgmental in their thinking. And when you spend enough time there, you get to see the the chasms that sometimes occur in politics and, and you know, socioeconomics and so forth. You know, but for for at least some of the part, you know, Australia does get a good rap in that way. In in yeah. terms of, yeah, we're pretty we're pretty laid back people, and and that can sometimes be a detriment too. Yeah, 
Well, cool. So like I said, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I will have already done an intro in, you know, laying out your resume before the, this podcast starts. But mm. if the listeners are like me, I usually fast forward through that. So just to give people <laughs> a little bit of understanding because you have so much knowledge and so much um, areas of expertise and some of the things that we're yeah. going to be talking about. Can you just give a high level overview of kind of some of your expertise, some of the things that you do, some of your sure. backgrounds, education, something like that, just so sure. people understand who you are. Yeah. So background in um, behavioral science and social psychology, um, philosophy, uh, master's degree as well, and then various other mind-body modalities as well that I've been schooled and educated in and continue to educate myself in. You know, like I'm just about to potentially move into, I'm just weighing it up with which university I'm, I'm looking at doing my PhD in um the trauma and uh, a combination of trauma and, and like neurophysiology. So I'm looking looking at that now. But background as well worked a lot with elite elite special forces soldiers um, in in mindset and um, mm. human potentiality, um, and also recovery PTSD or PTSI recovery work as well. Um, work with elite athletes, world champion fighters, Olympic Olympians like Olympic gold medalists, um, elite athletes in general, just people from all walks of life. I, I now focus my area in um, somewhat gender studies, but m more so masculine, feminine energetics, um, cultivating healthy relationships. I work with individuals, both men and women, um, and, and couples as well. Uh, that's really where I spend most of my time, to be honest, in the realm of relating. Like, how can we relate more effectively, more proficiently, more openly, more lovingly, more lovingly to the things that matter most to us? Like, how mm -hmm. do we clear up the clutter of our past so that we create spaciousness in our present to live the future and the lives that we want to live now as well? And so that's really, and, I, and again, mm -hmm. how I help people achieve or experience that is through various modalities. Um, it, I'm trauma informed. I use psychosomatic, somatics, breath work. Um, big focus on when I'm working with men, cultivating healthy practices of modern day masculinity. What does that look like? Just help men be healthier men, sure. um, and really bridge the chasm between men and women as well. So that's a little bit about what, of, of where I'm at today. Yeah, that was one of the things outside of having a glowing recommendation from your significant other to have you on my podcast after researching you, going into depth a little bit more. I like the fact, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like you kind of have a, a foothold in both the hard science and quote unquote, the soft science, mm. you know, psychology, but then also, you know, meditation, breath work. Um, mm. So I'm excited to, to have you have that dichotomy in your mind in some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So one of the things I want to kind of start off, and this is a hot button for me and I think for the world. So we're if you're in the United States and across the world, we're dealing with this pandemic of the coronavirus. But for me, I think there's a such a much larger pandemic going on in this world. And it's the pandemic of mental health. And all of the statistics, all of the graphs go follow the this trajectory. They're all going in the wrong direction. You know, the second leading cause of death, ages 10 to 34, is suicide. The Number one leading cause of death for men ages 35 is suicide. The fourth leading cause of death ages 35 to 54 is suicide. All these things, depression, anxiety, all the drugs associated with it have increased 109% over the last five years. So because you deal with so many people and because you talk to so many people, I know this is a broad question, but where do you kind of see the state of mental health and then... If I'm coming to you and I go, Steph, man, I just feel depressed. I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like a, I'm a nothing. I'm worthless. You know, all these types of things. Kind of how how do you help? 
people or men, women kind of work through that. So first, what's your thought process on mental health as a whole? Um, where do you see the state of it? And then can we talk through how you help people kind of overcome and push through and kind of improve that mental health? Yeah, mental health is a very real thing. Um, the disparity in mental health is not truly seen for what it is. It's underrated. It's a bigger problem than what it appears to be. Um, we're throwing quick fix, short-term solutions at it, whether it be an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety pill. Yeah. Um, we're, we're throwing everything at it uh, outside of what's probably needed, which is human connection and intimacy. Um, with what's happening in the world today with this, um, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to call it a pandemic. It's showing up to be that way, but how the world has shut down and responded to a strain of virus that mm -hmm. has impacted many people in different ways, not only uh, physically, but also socioeconomically. It's really creating more mental health issues yes. because of the intricate ties that we have, right, that we uh, have as a global society. Um, you know, when you stop trade in, in one area of the world, it affects trade in another area of the world and people are suffering for that. And then when there's sure. people feel that they're experiencing a great deal of pressure, if they have mortgages or if they have uh, outstanding loans to banks and those financial institutions are placing pressure on them to, to make those payments and then, you know, responsibilities to families and to self and to other people and people are getting ill and people aren't able to see each other and nurture each other through that. Um, there's a lot of isolation at the moment. Isolation breeds uh, disconnection and disconnection breeds uh, low levels of self-worth, which of course impacts mental health. And most people are so stuck in that space that they look to suicide as a very tangible, very real option. I mean, I, I did when I was going through my various aspects of my own journey where they were very, very dark and very painful. I very much, and what appeared to be at the time, logically considered suicide as an option. It was not only suicidal ideation, but it was suicidal attempts because of the space that I found myself in. I didn't know I had any other, I didn't have any other options. Yes. I thought I didn't. Right. And so a big part of that was isolating myself and not seeking the support that I actually did have, but was choosing not to recognize. It was also being so stuck in my pain, thinking that, that my pain would be permanent. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one to, it's not in my makeup or my psyche, so to speak, to go into numbing. Well, it has been, sorry, but in that instance, it wasn't. So I felt a lot of pain and just kept feeling it and feeling it. And what happened was, it wasn't because I was a glutton for punishment, it was because I wanted to really move through this and not keep repeating these same choices and same experiences again. And so yeah. what happened for me was I was able to get to that tipping point of then connecting to that pain and seeing the causation of it and seeing the core effect of it and the primary drivers behind it and all the relationships and the experiences that I had that led me to that point. And so where I see the state of the world with respect to mental health is it's a very serious issue and because it's intangible and what appears to be abstract but is, you know, is tangible through our actions, i.e. someone committing suicide or someone, you know, coming into a school and, and you know, launching an AR-15 all over the place yeah. because they have mental health issues, depression, anxiety, isolation, bipolar, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, schizophrenia, schizophrenia, another form of personality disorder, 
because it's intangible and abstract and in the mind, we, we seem to give it less weight in terms of its importance. Yeah. But that's not always the case. And in fact, you know, how we think and feel, our internal state drives our external actions and our behaviours and how we project into the outside world. And so when we feel extreme pressure internally, it leaks out externally in one way or the other, whether we withdraw from the world and really hide ourselves mm-hmm. and therefore isolate and maybe even end up committing suicide or become a not a really, we don't become a, a healthily contributing human being to society or we lash out to the world. We yeah. become hyper aggressive. Um, we were trying to protect ourselves. We essentially feel unsafe, right? And the way we, feel safer is by hurting others because we're seeking control. Now that leads me to yeah. how do I work when I'm working with people? It's about safety. It's all about safety. We have to feel and perceive to, f- to be or feel safe enough in order to make change in our lives that, that directs us and guides us towards a more well-aligned path of greater holistic health, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, relational. Mm-hmm. If we don't feel safe, we don't create space in our being, in our own sovereignty to think about an alternative way of being, let alone to even believe it exists, but to actually give it some airtime, some mind time, right? We have to feel safe and generally we feel safe through intimacy, through connection, through human touch, through empathy, through loving presence, empathetic resonance, compassion, kindness, understanding. And so a big part of the work that I do with people is helping them really feel safe in their own bodies, helping them see themselves, lifting them in terms of their own self-worth. And I don't mean that like a a rah-rah motivational temporary way. I'm talking about really digging deep into their... digging deep into their pain and doing their shadow work so they can release it, you know, feel, feel your feelings, your unfelt feelings so that you can free yourself so that you can forgive yourself and forgive others and actually move on. And again, that space creation is done through a sense of initially feeling safe. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to ask you, so let's see if we can just take like an archetype. Let's see if we can just take one example. There's What's going on in this world? You said so many things that are happening right now. Isolation, you know, there's econ- economical collapse depending on on what business you're in. Mm-hmm. And but I will tell I will tell you I get a lot of my men friends that you know the standard thing that we've heard before is that you know your net worth is equal to your self worth. And mm-hmm. as that stuff starts to creep in, so let's just take what let's just take a male right now that just doesn't feel like they're where they're at in life, where they're, they want to be financially, because I hear this so often. And the thing of it is, I know that you and I know this It's not a matter of, of us thinking deeper, more profound, but there's under, there's underlying roots of why they think that because they feel if they get this, this many commas in their bank account, it's going to fulfill them or going to validate them, or they're going to feel something. So what would you talk? What would you say to an individual? You know, I come to you and I go, you know, my business is crumbling. I'm not where I want, want to be. I feel like I'm failing my family. Kind of what are some real tactical steps that you would kind of work with me? Uh, I know it's a long journey. It's, it's, we can't do it just on this podcast, but where would you start to make me feel safe? Where would you start to get to that root cause of that issue? 
Yeah, so uh, physiology is an important aspect of all of this and understanding like men really do or the masculine mind and or the masculine mind really likes to understand. And, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex is is here for a reason, you know, the center of reasoning, reasoning and logic and analysis and creative thinking. And it helps us digest information, process it, and also then move either towards it or, or move away from it, particularly if it's in alignment with our highest values or not. So helping men understand where sometimes this deep-seated notion of I need more status, I need more wealth, I need more titles, where that comes from can be really helpful. And more often than not, it comes from a couple of different places. So from a physiological or primal evolutionary psychology, evolutionary biology perspective, it can come from a sense of we feel fulfilled through our utility as men, right? And so when we look back 100,000, 500,000, a million years ago, potentially, and we're hypothesizing a great deal, but we look at how tribes formed and how people formed and relationships and intimacy formed, we, a lot of our self-worth and value to that tribe or to that clan or to that group of people was derived from our utility, you know, whether we're making weapons, whether we're hunting, whether we're extending the perimeter, whether we're protecting, whatever it may be, and a sense of self and a sense of worthiness and value was derived from that. And over time, obviously, we develop relational behavioral patterns in how we interact with others and how we feel better about ourselves that reinforces that point that keeps us doing those things that get us more approval from our tribe, right? So we stay in the in-group because from a survival perspective, if we're in the out-group, you know, 500,000 years ago to the primal brain, that equals death, essentially. So from that perspective, you know, we really value utility as men. And that's not just a man thing, it's a human thing, particularly though for men, just because of the way we we hunted together, the way we um, explore the world together as men, right, as, as brethren. The other piece is that culturally and, you know, probably since the agricultural era and the industrial revolution where men have become more distant and isolated from the family unit, um, children have, have, and we've also, you know, the, the advent of language, of more complex language, um, so, you know, more complex socioeconomic and sociocultural constructs and, and structures, the, you know, the development of the prefrontal cortex, which is obviously far older than that, you know, our ability yep. to sense consciousness in a, a very profound way. And this breaking up of a family unit, a little bit different to how it was, you know, there's this, in a child wounding, we have, we have wounds that we carry, you know, behavioral patterns coping strategies that we form as children that we carry on into our adult lives. And one of those, and this is a, I don't want to say it's a colloquial term, but it's not a formal psychological term, but the father wound and the mother wound. And the essence of the father wound is this, this need for consistent, incessant approval and validation mm. from others, particularly from that father figure. And we think and feel this is more unconscious. That the more we do, the more risks that we take, the more that we have, the more that we can prove how fucking amazing we are, we're going to feel better about ourselves. But it's always short-lived because we're never addressing that core wound of just wanting dad there because maybe he was unavailable physically or emotionally. Yeah. And again, an- another thing that input that feeds into that is that men, particularly over the last few hundred years, maybe longer, but let's just say the last couple of hundred years, we've been taught that being emotional or expressing our emotions or having access to our emotional being is not quote unquote manly. And it, you know, if you're not manly, then what are you? Like you're losing your identity. No one, the ego does not want to lose its identity. It, it has yeah. an identity that it wants to hang on to and cling on to. So there's all these factors that impact this. And so a man comes to me and says, I'm fucking obsessed with making money. I'm obsessed, but I feel empty. You know, like all the women, all this, all the cars, all the fancy things, the material goods, like the accolades, it just doesn't feel enough. It's because you don't feel enough because you're still yes. unconsciously tethered and tied to this feeling that until dad gives me my approval, I'll never feel enough. But that's a void that 
you can't feel because you can't control what's outside of you. Yeah. And so we have to do the healing around that. And that that's the process. But in short-ish, that's where I would begin. Yeah. And that's and generalizing as well, by the way. For sure. For sure. So you hit something on, on the head just with me personally. So you hit it. I'm, I know I'm not alone in this, but that was the whole thing with my dad. I was raised by a single dad. My dad was extremely mm. physical, a uh, little bit uh, verbally abusive, and nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever good mm. enough. So, um, I uh, one of the things that you know we, we as adults we remember these things so vividly. I was on a podcast the other day. I was a guest on an awesome podcast, and I can remember clothes that I was wearing when certain events happened. Mm. You know, and mm. it's so triggering in those things. And just to kind of, I remember. The one time in my life that my dad, that I really felt like my dad was proud of me was mm. I was in high school. And I know this sounds like an Al Bundy reference, so I'm kind of dating myself, but I was in <laughs> high school and I scored 31 points in a basketball game. And I was the first time my dad ever was like, gave me a hug and was like praising me. It was like, as we were walking out. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh, I just need to do that every time. But I'm you know, I'm white and don't have that big of a vertical leap. So, and my shot isn't that good. So not, wasn't going to go anywhere with that. But and that's one thing that, uh, that I realized with talking with um, Christine is that mm. I didn't realize that I had some of those traumas still there because I haven't had a conversation with my dad in 10, 10 years. You know, I, I don't have any family outside of my, my wife and, you know, my friends, that's it. I don't have any yeah. like family, family. But I didn't realize that I carried that shit inside of me for so long. But now it's it's almost like I'm almost a little irritated at at your wife because she she lifted lifted the veil, and now I got to fucking figure out how to deal with it. And so you gotta, how you got to do the work now, right? Yeah. And so now yeah. I don't know how do I get rid of that. How do I how do I release that? How do I in a how do I say fuck off, get out of here? How do I get out of that that realm, how do I release that those things? Because, like I said, I, di I didn't realize that I was carrying all that until she kind of we did some work and then through some meditation practice that I had, I started to come up again. And I'm like, mm. wow, I really do hold on to some things. I really have a lot of yeah. daddy issues uh, said in another yeah. way that I didn't realize. So, like I said, I know we can't get through it all, but. Since I have a podcast, I'm able to have people on and maybe you can fix me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not broken, brother, so yeah. I can't fix you if you're not broken. But No, but like, but in all seriousness, how would, I, support. How, would I, how would I start to work through that? Is it just... What's up, Overcomers? I want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors and then get back to the episode. The first one is ExpressVPN. I'm not sure if some of you know this or not, but my wife and I, we actually started a YouTube travel channel. It's actually called Life is Good Travel. We've been basically all over the world and we said, hey, why not start documenting this? Why not show everybody our love of travel? Well, one of the things is my wife is some sort of savant rain man when it comes to points and traveling and being able to to hack the system but one of the things that she's found out is that if you express vpn in to the travel agencies into southwest into delta from a different country you actually will get a better price so just a little tip there I know what you're probably saying. Well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. In incognito mode does not hide your activity and your ISP provider can still sell your activity online. It does not matter whether you're with Verizon, Comcast, AT&T, the ISP provider in US can legally sell your information to ad companies. 
ExpressVPN is 100% data safe, 100% encrypted, so nobody can access it, and they do not sell your data to any of the ad companies. ExpressVPN is available for all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there really is no excuse for not using it. So protect your online activity today with VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired Magazine. Visit my exclusive link expressvpn.com slash overcoming that's expressvpn.com e-x-p-r-e-s-s-vpn.com slash overcoming and you're going to get three months free off your first year subscription three months free visit expressvpn.com slash overcoming get your first three months free we also supported by Pure Spectrum CBD, simply the gold standard, the Rolls Royce of CBD companies. You will not find a better group of individuals that started it. They monitor the whole process from soil to oil. I was just talking to a friend the other day, and some of these CBD companies, they're taking some CBD oil, putting it in some low-grade 99-cent lotion, and potting it off as CBD stuff. So listen, you have got to get the right stuff, and when you get the right stuff, it can make all of the difference. There's topical there's drops there's my wife uses the moisturizing lotion for the face um the bath salts the cbd bath salts when she takes a bath they have everything visit purespectrumcbd.com use promo code ocy at checkout and save 20 percent on your whole order for the month of november that's purespectrumcbd.com promo code ocy now let's get back to the episode I'm not sure. You, you got to feel your feelings. It really does start there. So when we look at trauma and we look at somatics, right? We look at the body. You know, we register experiences in a couple of different, in a few different ways. I, obviously, there's the 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 memory function of the brain. Like the, the hippocampus, for example, it's this, this complex structure. You know, that's embedded deep in our temporal lobe, and yep. it, its major role essentially is learning and memory, but it also stores memory. It also communicates with other parts of the brain, right? It also communicates with the amygdala, the fear centers of our brain. The amygdala communicates with other areas of the body, of course, like, you know, the the pituitary gland and the adrenals that release stress hormones and that keep us ready for fight or flight or in more primal uh, states of, you know, fold or freeze or freeze or fold rather, right? And so if your, if your brain structures that are responsible for learning and memory have this sense of I don't feel safe or I can only feel validated when dot, 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 Mm -hmm. you're going to be trying to recreate that all the time. You're going to be trying to create (laughs) that constantly. Right. And so, but the thing is to, to fail, to failure. And so back to how we register experiences though. So we register experiences again in the mind and in the brain and so forth, but we also register it in the body because usually what happens is a couple of things. If we have a traumatic experience, or like in that moment where you where dad praised you, it felt simultaneously good. But at the same time, I guarantee if you really went into that, it also felt very daunting because part of you knew is how the fuck am I going to maintain this? Right. right? And yeah. so it's super, super daunting. So sure. that, that, that rush of like freeze, even if it's just temporary, it gets stored in your body as a trauma of like, I'm never going to be enough because I yes. know I can't do this. Like how am I going to? I mean, it, and even if I played, like your body knows you as a little boy, like I can play basketball every week and get 31 points. But after a while, 31 points isn't going to be, your body just knows that it's not going to be enough. I'm going to do more. Like, how can I do more? And then you go into panic. And so we're going to move that shit through the body. So my, my suggestion to you is this is work with someone, 
that can support you in that, that can help you somatically, that can help you in the mind, that can help you reframe and restructure those stories, that can help you sift through, that can help you connect to your own self-worth, that can also help you feel those unfelt feelings because they're trapped in your body. And until they move, you're going to feel constricted and fear-based. That means physiologically, you've got this low-level stress hormone of adrenaline and cortisol and every other concoction that's related to that that's mobilizing you for a fear response, for fight or flight or, or freeze or fold, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're just constantly going to be in that arrested state of scanning your environment, but it's so low level that you're not noticing it. Your body, your enteric nervous system that feeds information to your vagus nerve into your brain is constantly telling you that I'm not enough. I've got to do more. I've got to, my podcast doesn't yes. have enough ratings or it's not enough this, or I've got to make more money or I've got to be better for my wife in this way. I've just got to be better for myself or ding, ding, ding. Yep. whatever it may be, right? And you've got to release that at a very visceral unconscious level. One of the ways we can do that is through breath work. You have to find the right practitioner through somatic work, right? Mm-hmm. Through, you know, Cognitive behavioral therapy, that's a good EMDR, depending on your level of trauma. Like all the, there's so many modalities and tools out there, but it's got to be a combination of moving it through your body, but also rewriting the story and changing the neural structures of your brain. And there are very specific, when I take people that I'm working through with, very specific, depending on who they are, um, specific modalities and pathways that I take them through. And again, man, it's a process, right? Because you don't want to flood I mean, flooding is so in general anxiety disorder, flooding can be actually has proven to be very useful. And flooding is essentially exposing someone very rapidly to um, a perceived threat so that they can overcome it. You know, it's the opposite of pendulation where you, you sort of bring people to the edge of their fear and then bring them back into a safe state and then bring them to the edge of their fear and then bring them back into a safe state. Okay. Like that's in short, that's pendulation in neuroscience or neuropsychobiology or whatever, neuropsychology, right? So, both are useful, but flooding can be really extreme and really intense. And so, again, you can also flood at the same time as you're pendulating. Let me give you an example. So I can take someone through a very deep, profound breathwork experience that's very fucking intense and very like, wow, like what's going on here? But then as they move out of that, they feel immense reprieve. And this, so there's, a, there's an extended form of pendulation, but that can only really happen once there's a safe you know, structure container created and that person trusts and is open enough. And that's, it doesn't personally take me too long to establish that with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened, you know, I've been working on it for many, many years and it's something that continues to, that I continue to refine in terms of the range of people that I can create that with, whether you're, you know, whatever your background and culture, ethnicity, di- diversity is, whatever your demographic is, whatever your socioeconomic status is, like, you know, like that, but but have, relatability is a big part of that. And so it's all about intimacy and relationships, man. And once you build that and connect that and people trust you and you have those intentions and you you trust in, you know, whatever is working through you mm-hmm. and you trust in the skill sets that you're developing, I mean, honestly, healing isn't that difficult. It's just a process. It can be super painful, yes. but it's not always going to be yeah. like that. So how I would commence someone like you is getting you to really feel those unfelt feelings because shit's going to make a lot more sense to you once you do that. Like I can, I can explain to you and you, you get it. Like I can go through all the connection pieces and why this happened and why that happened. I can say, Hey, if you do, if you have this morning meditation practice and if you write out these belief systems and replace them with this and then do this particular exercise to embody them, I can give you all that stuff and, and a million other exercises. Sure. If you don't feel that shit that has been unfelt, that is stuck in your body, just think about this. Think about 
um, a, a brick wall. It's, it's a little bit different here in the US how you make houses, how you and it's very similar to Melbourne. But I mean, I'm from Perth, Australia. But think about a brick wall. And sometimes we'll have double brick veneer where you've got two uh, single bricks that are built up side by side with a small gap in the middle. And sometimes we'll put insulation in the middle of those bricks, like it's a liquid thing and it just expands. Right. Yeah. yeah. At the moment your trauma in all the spaces in your body that have space to absorb a new way of being, a new ideology, a new belief, a new thought, a new, a new sense of self, like it's all filled with this, this putty, this, this expander that's trauma. So you've got to move the, the, the trauma beef, and so then you can put something else in that space, in the spaces in, your, in between your cells and in the spaces in between your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And until we do that, we just get stuck in the same repetitive motions. Our past becomes our present over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's, um, is there one thing that you said there? So I know there's so many different modalities of, of breath work, and I know you do a lot of retreats. And so I'll put a link in the description for all your um, teachings and everything. But is there a name for that breath work? Like if somebody's listening and wanted sure. to like YouTube yeah. it and kind of what are some of the names of it that? Yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't recommend um, necessarily doing it yourself because it can be very intense, but okay. I can give you some of the modalities that I've studied. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. That I, that, that I resonate with. So holotropic breath work, transformational breath work, biodynamic breath work, um, rebirthing technique as well. These can all be really powerful forms of breath. And then there's, you know, there's other as well. There's other forms of breath that are, are, are great for um, health and physiology as well that you can, so many great books. I've got a, a few back here as well that can still help access higher states of consciousness. And I'll say, I'll say something else, man, you know, that's really, really important is, you know, when you ask, well, how can I, how can I go deeper into that? You're in an intimate relationship. You're in sacred union. You're in, you're in a conscious, healthy relationship. You're in a, I'm assuming you're in a relationship because you want to better yourself, better your partner and better the world, yes. right? And better your family. So, yeah. you know, our relationships are tremendous mirrors for us if we're open and willing to, to learn and grow in them. And so your wife can't heal you and it's not her job to heal you. She can be an amazing mirror for you to go into healing yourself. She can hold a safe space if you have those vulnerable conversations with her. If you share with her what's going on, she can reflect if you ask her for those reflections. She can be a safe steward of your heart. She can be a a a lighthouse when it's really, really fucking dark, right? And you can do that for each other. And relationships, they hold some of the, the, the greatest capacity to 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 grow and expand. You know, Christine and I believe that conscious relationships are the way of the future and the way of the now in terms of they have a great capacity to change the trajectory of this world and the way that we relate to ourselves and to each other and that that conscious relationships can really heal the planet or at least be a steward of ushering in a new paradigm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is done through being able to hold each other through our own shadow work and love each other and respect each other through that. And um, hold each other's trauma and learn and grow together because you know we're together for a reason or multiple reasons and there's complementary trauma, complementary shadows, complementary headbutting that takes place. That it's just as much of an opportunity for us to learn and grow as it is yeah. for your partner. So utilize your partnership. Yeah, you know that's a great segue into kind of the next thing that I want to talk to you about. So I think that you and I have a similar progression as far as. Um, what I'll outline here. And this is just from what Christine says. So hopefully I didn't misunderstand her. Sure. So what happened with um, what it sounds like, or what I heard from Christine is that you and Christine went through the same path that my wife and I 
um, are currently in or, or going through. And what I mean is on a financial basis. So kind of when my wife and I got together, you know, I was, I was doing really, really well, you know, financially and kind of going back to the things that we were just talking about as providing, 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 um, long story short, I tried to buy a $10 million corporation. It failed. And then ever since then, I kind of dipped down financially and she shot up. She's an amazing individual. Her business exploded. She's smart. And so there's this constant like um, difference or space in there. And as one can assume, sometimes that has some strife, has some, some pain, some stickiness, some uckiness, some feelings of like we talked about in the beginning, same thing with self-worth, net worth, kind of I felt less than like I wasn't projecting. And I think um, from what I understand, you you and Christine kind of went through that same similar trajectory. And so now I'm on the, I'm on the come up, but just to be open and I don't, I don't know if my wife listens to my podcast anyway, but hopefully she will, <laughs> she'll understand me saying this. <laughs> I'm kind of coming out now and it's, I still feel like there's a, a disconnect, a talking down to. But I'm like, if I'm going to be honest without being narcissistic or anything like that, just being, being open, this podcast is really starting to take, take off. You know, I'm number 37th in the U S on Spotify and the lifestyle and health. Um, I'm getting awesome. DMS. I'm starting to, it's starting to expand like crazy. It's increasing every single week, you know, increase, increase, increase. So I'm doing really good. I'm feeling I'm right in, in my center and I'm starting mm. to come out, but I still feel like there's this disconnect. But you said something there, and it's okay. Be honest with me, and, and because you're you're sitting sitting from a different perspective, so I'm okay mm-hmm. with it, and I can take it. But your wife and your relationships can be a big mirror, and so mm-hmm. I'm wondering: Am I? But am I projecting something on that? Um, and if so, what is that? Or maybe just you can refer to your own experience mm. during that trajectory because am i correct sure. that you had a similar trajectory and yeah, kind of, i'm very open with it i can share with yeah. you very very precisely so, yeah um can you kind of share some of the feelings sure. that you had and kind of how did yeah. you come out how do you kind of hey I, my vocabulary is escaping me how did you kind of get back to equal you know part of it does that make sense sh- sh- yeah yeah, yeah. And, okay. I, and i'm not sure if absolutely makes sense i'm not sure if the if the question really is how do you get back to equal or more more so how do you get to a level of internalized acceptance right yeah um, better, better. Some, sometimes equal can be a fallacy but yeah, yeah, yeah um firstly appreciate your openness and that's really empowering and congratulations on on the growth of your your business ventures but also your service in the world and next you know for me when christine and i first met and i'm very transparent she was probably making 17, 18 times more than me. And that was, you know, we've been together for two and a half years. Um, now we're making the same and she's not making less than what she was. She's making more than what she was. Mm. And so I don't say that, you know, Tony Robbins says this, I don't say that to impress you, but to impress upon you. Yes. And, you know, I say that, and I really mean it, not to impress you, but to impress upon you that the inner work is the inner work. You ask, am I projecting? Fuck yeah, you are. We all do. We all project. It's human mm. nature. It's the undoing of the projection. Our our work per se or our ability to see ourselves projecting is where we stop projecting, right? And we start internalizing, but in a healthy way because we can yeah. internalize unhealthily as well. Like say, you know, shame is an unhealthy internalization that, that if it progresses, becomes toxic and festers within us and can lead to suicide, can lead to tremendous yeah. mental health issues, right? But, so, you know, 
sorry, let, let me jump in there real quick yeah. because this is where this is where I'm at right now. Because to be honest, like especially this second half of this year, I don't feel like I'm projecting. I feel like I'm solid. I feel like I'm on the right path. I feel very confident. I've starting to get my confidence back. So similar to you, I went through depression, suicide attempts, yada, yada, yada. And so I feel solid in who I am and where I'm going, but I feel like there is a disconnect or a um, disconnect or disrespect from her on that. And so that's kind of what I feel right now. And I don't feel like I'm projecting. I know that before I did, but How I she feel disrespecting like- you? It would be just more. Give me an example. It's, you know what? The, the examples sound, the examples that come to my head sound very petty, but I it's think okay. you understand. It's just, it's the fact, it's all the little tiny decisions because when my finances dipped, and so I felt like it wasn't my place to kind of make some decisions. It was like, hey, you know, Who I made that only, decision. I'm sorry? Who made that decision? Who made that decision to think it wasn't your decision? Me. Me. Okay. And do you think there's any unconscious past coming into the present that's leaking in? Like the old version of you that's coming in to protect yourself? I think what's happening is I'm, I've done a lot of work and I'm very proud of the work to increase yeah. my confidence, increase where, where I'm at. And so now since I am bold, I feel like I've created a moral hazard and it's 100% my fault because if I just let you take, 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 and I back down, back down, back down, back down, then it's still my fault. I still allowed you to come in here. You know, it's yeah. same thing. You know, I don't know if you do martial arts, but same thing. If I allow yeah. you to come into my space without firing back, then you're going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And mm -hmm. so that's the same thing that happened. So I created this moral hazard of this. This is the way our relationship happened for the last couple of years. And now since I feel confident, I feel good. I feel, feel ready. It's, I kind of feel, I kind of get it where she's like, well, Hey, I've been doing this for two years. Now all of a sudden you want to come back and be this, be this macho man and be the man that I was there before. So do you think that maybe she has a fear because of fear of change? Cause change can be scary. True. And do you think True. she maybe has a fear that not necessarily you're going to lose all that money again or go to the, where you were not because she doesn't trust you or have that faith, but because She's had to keep it up for so long. It's become the norm for her, but it's also become to somewhat very empowering. But also on the, on the other hand, parts of her probably want to give some of the reins over, but she's scared. Sure. 100%. And so if, yeah, so if she's scared and you'll get to work together. So how does that fear, like when she's in that fear and you see her and you say a hundred percent and you see her and you witness her in that fear, what does that remind you of? It reminds me of the shell of a man that I was during the, during that time. Yeah. And that fear that you're feeling from your wife, that, that action, that's okay. That action that she's had to take care of everything, right? Mm -hmm. Because she can't trust anyone. You've experienced that before too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you haven't been able to trust your father or your, you know, talk to me about your mother. Like what about your relationship with mom? Even when you were younger or your relationship with mom and dad? How were they together? Oh, mom was a big cocaine addict and left me at a liquor store when I was eight, literally. So that was the last time. So other than that, she was pretty good. <laughs> yes, even, I make jokes when I feel uncomfortable. 
<laughs> you got I it. Have, I don't have to point that out. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's okay, right? That's a that's a coping strategy, and that's somewhat healthy, somewhat unhealthy. Um, you know, awareness is something, but also the deflection of that is a way for you to not feel. And that's more of an unconscious thing. And because the feeling piece really hurts. And so if you would just even feel that and go a little deeper into my mother left me, like think about this imbalance here. Think about this imbalance with your wife and why you have to keep striving and why you're stepping into maybe an unhealthy expression of masculinity is to claim your power so that if your wife, aka unconscious tethering mum, leaves me again, I'm going to be okay. Mm. So how do how would you how would I step into that power without being a detriment to the relationship? What are you doing now that feels it's a detriment to the relationship and then do different to that? And I'm sure there are a few things, right? Because remember how you're viewing this at a more subconscious level is impacting and amplifying the way you're feeling in the present moment. Remember to be empathetic and compassionate to yourself, but also to what your wife's feeling. It's not about her not trusting you. It's about her wanting and needing to feel safe. And in her own mind and heart, she's done an amazing job to do that for both of you, right? In in, the, in a period of time where you were just down, See. where, where you were just down, right? Balance. And her giving that up or giving that over can be really, really scary. And so how are you interacting with that right now? And how could you interact with it differently and still be in your power? You're an intelligent guy. It doesn't, it doesn't take much. It might take you a while to think about it, but you can think about it. You can feel into it. Yeah. But ultimately the answer is, and I'm not going to give you the answer per se, sure. but ultimately the answer is deal with your own fears and your own projections. Mm. Then you will know, quote unquote, the tangible thing to do on a consistent basis because consistency, consistency equates to safety or the feeling of safety. Yeah. And we have to be consistent over a period of time to demonstrate to our own nervous system and to the nervous system of others that we've got this. And how you handle that, like how, how do you interact with your wife? Are you sharp with her? Are you passive aggressive with her? Do you shut down and numb away from her? Do you just focus on your stuff and are, are you exclusive? Are you, you know, do you exclude her? How are you treating her? That's making her maybe put her heels in even more to not trust you or trust sure. the situation. Irrespective of, you know, whether there's a million bucks going in your account every month, that, yeah. that won't make a difference. The one thing that I do want, especially if, if my wife does hear this podcast or anybody listening, I do want to make sh very perfectly clear just so if someone sees her on the street, they'll go, you got to treat Josh better. You know, um, it's it's moving in the right direction. I just, it's improper of me now that I'm looking at it from a different direction. It's improper for me to just to flip it, flip a light switch and go, okay, let's, let's go back to kind of before that. Or, or do you trust people easily? Mm. Have you in the past? I would say so. I definitely, yeah. um, I would say so. A little bit more of a, I'm not sure. I'm, that's a good question because I'm definitely a people pleaser to the nth degree. So I'll be the first person to, to help you and the last person to leave whenever you need. Because uh, you don't want that person to leave. Yeah, true. Because you, your mom chose cocaine over you. Yes. But when we start really stripping it back at a very fundamental level, you weren't chosen. And the person that stayed in your life was abusive and distant. Correct. And so 
parts of you now and part of your parts of your little boy are like, well, what if my wife doesn't choose me? And so sure. what we'll tend to do is, depending on our personalities, is we'll get into a protective strategy. And that could mean being a little harsh. That could mean being a little distant. That could mean doing your own thing, being more exclu- ex- exclusive, right? as opposed to inclusive it could mean projecting blame and shame it could be it could mean bringing old tendencies into the present moment to just protect yourself mm. all in the subtle ways that add up and compound right that make your wife feel unsafe that make her ask questions and you know again complementary wounding man like you know what's what's her familiar circumstances what are her familiar circumstances around intimacy is it having an unavailable man is it having you know is it um uh, is it having distance in her family dynamic you know what's her familiar circumstances because you're just going to both feed into that until you both heal that and that's why relationships can be tremendous mirrors you'll find that how you're behaving now is very familiar to her in some capacity it's not about you're behaving wrong or right you're not it's not about that it's just about how you're behaving right now is it sustainable and is it what you both want yeah valid Valid. There is one other thing that I w- I'm not, I'm not excluding. I'm not glossing over. Um, I just, I know it's I. It's a very big topic. It is. It is. Yeah. And and I, I want to just be just you know before please. you continue, I just want to say that you know I really commend you for being willing to to go into that and be open with that. Um, you know, on air, but also with a stranger too. And to me, I want to give you some intelligent hope here. It is an indication. There's a couple of different things, but. Intuitively, I feel it is an indication that you are ready to make some bigger shifts. Um, so mm-hmm. keep traveling down this path. Keep being vulnerable and open with yourself. Keep addressing these issues. Keep taking action in some way, shape, or form on shifting the paradigm and the pattern that you're, wow. you're finding yourself being caught in because you're, you're getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And so just really commending you for that. And I completely hear you. I don't hear you slandering your wife at all. I don't hear any of that. I don't hear you being uh, you may have some anger towards your wife and that's okay as well mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean she has to feel that and project that you need to process that yourself again like yeah. when i take people through trauma release exercises or emotional release techniques like i help them process that themselves so they can feel very different when they're approaching people that they need to connect with right yep. um or the people that are in their life that they may have some anger towards because they realize that oh i actually don't really have that anger towards them i'm just using them <clears throat> as a scapegoat Brother, that's so interesting. Whatever the God universe or higher power that you believe in, it's so interesting that you say that because I was thinking that thought came across my morning meditation in the past probably three three mornings that I just feel like I'm on a precipice, like I'm on a tipping point of mm. something really big happening because I just feel um, I, I know you know this, but just for, so for the listeners, this isn't narcissist, not pat myself. I feel this power. I feel this confidence. I feel this, this like build up positive, good build. And I feel like this precipice, this tipping point is about to happen. And it's just, it's so cool when I feel that, cause it makes me want to mm. just keep doing everything that I'm doing. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. on the right path. Keep going, keep going, keep sure. going, keep having conversations like this. Keep exploring that. Regardless you've got to take I'll, action I'll, on those conversations too, though. Yeah. yeah. And just put your mind at ease because you've mentioned narcissism a couple of times. If you were to really have NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder, you wouldn't even be thinking about mentioning narcissism. So you're very far from it. I wouldn't worry <laughs> too much about that. Okay? I appreciate it. <laughs> I am I am probably one of the best looking people on the planet. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, say I would say some self worth issues, and that's very very valid and, and normal. 
or common yeah. given your past. And most of us have self-worth issues, bro. I have self-worth issues. Anyone that says they have zero self-worth issues, the likelihood is they're talking shit and or yeah. they don't know it. And unless they really, it's life. That's the, the, the evolution and the transcendence of life. And we're going to feel stuff. So that's yeah. no big deal either. And I know we're kind of cruising up on time and I just have a couple other questions, but just on that topic, before we get to the last couple of questions here, and I know this is big, but this is my, if, if we're talking about just simple techniques, like real tangible, tactical things to improve self-image, self-belief, self-love, just be kindness, kinder to ourselves. For me, one of the biggest ways that I've been able to improve my self-image, my self-belief, my self-confidence is following through on what I tell myself I'm going to do, regardless of how big it is. It's, it can be something so small. And the more I do that, regard, even making a bag, clicking a pen, doing 10 push-ups, whatever it is, yeah. those things, it really starts to make my mind feel like it's a mental curl and start to get stronger. And I start to believe in myself more. And I start to love myself more. The confidence starts to build. So that's just something that I, it's the biggest way and quickest way that I found to increase my self-image. Is there another tactical Thing. I know it's a broad question again, but is there another tactical thing or, or um, way, ways or steps that you've used to increase your self-image or self-belief or something that you could share? Oh, so many. I mean, you could, you know, you, a, a simple gratitude practice can be very, very useful. It'll make it very specific to you. So what you're grateful for within yourself. Do you have a daily practice of 60 days of, of writing, a, writing three things that you're grateful for about yourself but in story form? So you'd, you'd write it in story form, either in third person or first person. Try to do it in third person, right, about yourself. And in that short story of a paragraph or two paragraphs, you have to integrate at least three things that you're really grateful for about you recognizing it in story form, either an actual story, that an actual experience that you've had or a future story that you're going to have, you know, of why you're grateful for within yourself, like things that you appreciate. Another thing that you can do is, and, and you can do this in many different ways, is um, you can get a group of friends together, you know, three to five friends and um, have them over for dinner, make them dinner, like being that real service and giving and then sit them down, sit in a circle and say, hey, I've invited you here because, again, this isn't for my ego, but this is for to really help me see myself in a deeper way. Can you tell me three things you love about me and why? And then go around mm -hmm. the circle and let them give you that feedback, you know, like really fucking take that in and receive. One of the biggest issues we have, because so many people walk around with low self-worth and low self-esteem, hence the mental health issues that we have, is we don't see ourselves. We don't see how valuable we are, the gifts that we give others. So I would that's a that's a really cool thing to do. And that that will blow you away. That will blow you away. Yeah. Well, brother, I know we're cruising up on time and I can just talk to you forever. Um, I can see why so many people seek you out to find help because you're um, extremely personal in the way you kind of guide through the, the mental part and the emotions is really, really impressive. Um, but before I get to just my last couple of questions, where can everybody find you? I know you got a lot of stuff going on. So where can they find you? What do you got going on? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Christine and I have uh, a lot going on. I'm obviously my, my coaching, my private practice I have as well, which is, um, a big part of what I do and how I serve as well. But we've got amazing things happening in 2021. Um, best thing for me to say is, well, if you're a lady watching this, Be The Queen registrations are open now and that is for ladies seeking love. But we do a lot of past clearing, clearing the clutter of the past so that you can be ready for the love that you deserve in, in intimate romantic partnership um, with self and with others. Um, we have that be the queen program that's commencing in January. So we've opened up registrations for that. 
You can find all of this at growwithsteph.com, S-T-E-F, so growwithsteph.com or my Instagram or any social media handles at Stephanos Safandos. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, I have just two questions and one is just just to kind of humanize you a little bit since I said you're so freaking nice. So I want to, I want to hear some, some dirt. So, um, mm. and it's okay if you don't want to answer, but can you tell me about a individual that just really pissed you off that you coached or someone that you said, you know what, Bucker, I'm not dealing with you. You're in kind of what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very human, man. And I, uh, I, I can tell you multiple <laughs> things that I have done that I've got angry about. Um, obviously, for client confidentiality, I can't I can't share names and so forth. But there's a client that I was working with, actually, still am working with, and honestly, she's an amazing human being, and I respect her deeply. And she's being very, very stubborn. And here's a thing for projection, right? She's being so stubborn. She's not owning her shit. She's being hyper selfish. She is really stuck in the past she's being very entitled and very egoic and the and it's really fucking triggering me not Mm. so much now but was in the last couple of months very recent really really triggering me and i looked at that and i thought okay i've got i've got to step into this because there's something that i'm i'm projecting here and as i dug deeper and dug deeper and dug deeper i saw myself in her these unloved parts of me like layers of it anyway like because i've already realized that in my past i've been entitled and even now i have moments of entitlement i've been a guy i've been really stubborn stuck in my ways hyper protective of myself and i was just seeing her in me and so the more i've been able to forgive those parts of me and go into the feelings of that and really look at where has that stemmed from the, the deeper the relationship I've been able to have with her and I've been able to serve her at a deeper level because now I'm coming from greater compassion and empathy. There's a period of time there where I had to be in integrity and I just, I wanted time to really, I didn't want to rush. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, how can I put it? I didn't want to um, be erratic in my movement and say, look, I'm not working with you anymore. I'm done. But I just created some space and said, um, I need some, we need some time. You know, I yeah. just need to create space in our coaching dynamic. And I did that. And I really sat with myself and, and owned my shit and that I was projecting. And yeah, is she still being stubborn? Is she still being entitled? Yeah, she is. And it's not triggering me anymore. So now yeah. I can serve her from a deeper place. And if I couldn't move through that trigger, I would have, I would have not, I would have just said, I'm sorry, I can't coach her anymore. Yeah. I would have really owned that. It's Oprah, isn't it? It's Oprah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Steph, I freaking knew it. An entitled chick. Um, then just one last question before I let you go. Yeah. How do you personally build your self-worth? How do I personally build my self-worth? Um, many ways. One of the things that I do is I challenge myself on a, on a daily basis. You know, whether, mm. and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, like, but, but whether it's small challenges or, or, or great challenges, but I challenge myself and I commit to doing my absolute best. And I evaluate my absolute, wasn't my absolute best. I evaluate that experience as well. So post-reflection and critical reflection, introspection is a big part of my life. That's one of the ways I build self-worth as well. I look at where can I be better as a human being? Where can I be more refined? Where can I love deeper? Where am I not treating myself well? And so being introspective, spending a few minutes at the end of every day, just thinking about and feeling into my day, my life, my actions, my thoughts, my internal state, my relationships, all of that, like my service, that there, the introspection and the challenge piece, really being deliberate with setting challenges and overcoming those challenges builds resilience and toughness, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. And it gives you a greater sense of self-worth and confidence and helps you expand what you think your edge is. So there are two, two pretty empowering ways and super simple, well, simple-ish <laughs> that you can, they're simple, 
to understand, they're more difficult to execute because they do require deep commitment and sure. they do require a great deal of attention. Yeah. Brother, I love it. Um, like I said in the beginning, I really do appreciate you taking the time coming on here, um, being vulnerable. And like I said, I think I love that individuals like you exist, especially in this day and age where it's just a combination of masculinity, but also vulnerability, which you know can be construed and conflicted in uh, ways, but you seem to toe that line quite, quite well. So I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate what you're doing in this world. And um, I think that's about it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you you very much. All right, everybody. Remember, be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Steph. It was amazing conversation with him. I absolutely enjoyed talking with him. I'm so glad that he exists. Him and his wife, like I said, are just a power couple of helping people. Thank you to our sponsors, ExpressVPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash overcoming and save three months free on your first one-year subscription. Three months free. Can you freaking believe that? And thank you again to the best CBD company out there, period, end of story, Pure Spectrum CBD. Go to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use promo code OCY. Save 20% on your whole entire order. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, be kind to yourself.